The following podcast is a TJ DeSantis production. Comments, questions, and inquiries can be sent to DeSantisProd at gmail.com. Are you talking shift? We are. It's time for the We're Talking Shift podcast. Now, now, now. Here to talk shift are your hosts, Lori Bischoff and Candace Parisi. We're talking shift. Hello, I'm Lori Bischoff. Welcome to We're Talking Shift podcast, the podcast where we talk shift because we believe the antidote to feeling stuck is found by shifting our thinking and learning to listen to our gut. Today, I'm going to be talking about going rogue with special guest, Kathy Anello. Kathy is the author of the book, Six Months to Live, Making Each Day Matter. And she's also co-host of the very popular podcast called Best Life Cafe. Welcome to We're Talking Shift, Kathy. How are you? I am so good this morning. Yay. What makes it, what makes it such a good day? I don't know about you, but I love Mondays. Mondays are my favorite day of the week. Not my favorite day of the week. However, (laughs) I am always grateful to have another day. And I honestly think that that is what I always wake up. I'm lucky enough. I have a window where I get to watch the sunrise every morning out of my window. Mm-hmm. And there's no other moment you can have but gratitude for that. Like, yay, I, I have another day. I woke up. I have another chance. Mm-hmm. And Monday's always a good chance to, like, ride it out for the week and really get yourself going. But uh, I love weekends, so it's really hard for me to love Mondays as well. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I love weekends, too. I just – I like them for – a different reason, I guess. I mean, I'm sure you feel like this too, but it's like every day has its own personality, right? Absolutely. Mondays, I love Monday, that. Yes. Yeah. Monday feels like a Monday and a Friday feels like a Friday and, you know, Saturday, Sunday, each day to me really has their own personality. And, uh, the, the only ones that are kind of like twins, uh, are triplets are like Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. The rest, the rest are all very unique for me. And Mondays. I have never heard such a great analogy. I loved that. That was yeah. good. I, I'm like, I got to write that down somewhere. I love that. Yeah, good. yeah. Absolutely so, true. yeah. So, you know, Friday is always, I mean, you know, everybody loves Fridays because it signifies for most of us, you know, the end of a work week and you're going to, you know, just move into a different state of being now for the for the uh, evening and hopefully for the next day or two. So I love that, of course. And, you, you know, you mix it up and you're usually a different routine. But then on Monday, the reason I love Mondays is because I feel like every Monday is almost like opening a new book that you're super excited to read. Like Mm -hmm. it, it always feels like, what am I going to do new or create or discover this week? It's like a beginning of a next chapter kind of thing or a new book. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. No, that was great. (laughs) (laughs) So I, uh, I'm, I'm so excited that we had this opportunity to, to get on and, and, and talk together. Um, I wanted to tell you that I went back and I listened to a a podcast that you did with your co-host, uh, in July called, um, what was it? Your, uh, your authentic, are you, uh, here it is. Are you living an authentic life? Mm -hmm. And I'll tell you why that, that one caught my attention. I mean, it looked like, you know, there were a lot of good ones, but I, I grabbed that one, um, 
because I have this thing about words and phrases and concepts that are trendy. You know, it's kind of like uh, fashion. There's always fashion trends and there's, there's slang trends. There's food trends. I mean, you know, 15 years ago, you never saw Brussels sprouts on a menu anywhere. And now they're everywhere. It's like Mm -hmm. the food du jour, right? Well, and I think that, um, I feel like concepts and, and words and phrases have the same, the same thing going on. So living your authentic life and being authentic is, is one of those. Trendy times. Yeah. No, I get that. Yeah. And, and so what happens is, you know, it's like right up there with, uh, with, you know, being vulnerable and the holistic Mm -hmm. and all of those things that are now really, really trendy topics. And they're all, they're all trendy for a reason because they're oh, yeah, valid, completely valid topics. They're, but I understand right. what you're saying. Exactly. Like yeah. the, um, the catchy title is right. uh, like, so if somebody wants to hashtag authentic then they can, you know, find, you know, you can find anything you want on being authentic. You can find anything you want on, you know, those subjects mm-hmm. when you use those trendy titles. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. And so, and then what happens though, I think a lot of times is when it gets, it gets so trendy that it, they almost start to get the concepts or the words start to lose their, the real meat and juice of their meaning. And that's why I clicked on your podcast about it because I was like, you know, if you asked 20 people right now, what that means to them, I think you'd get some similarities, but 20 different answers. They get watered down. And so I was super excited to listen to your podcast because in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, how are they going to define it? And you, (laughs) and you did, you did in uh, several different ways with, with different examples. And I was like, oh yes, that's awesome. And so I I just thought, thank you. I, you know, I, I, we're pretty spontaneous. So I'm thinking, gosh, I don't even know what, what I said. But if you ask the same questions, they'll probably be answered the same way. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I was going to say, you know, how do you, how do you define it? Um, you know, I don't know if you have like a, a succinct way that you define it or how it means for you. Um, but that's one of the things I was just going to ask you I, real I, quick. I really do have a def- definition for being, you know, living your authentic life. And that yeah. is because I have also lived an undercover life. And when I say undercover, I mean that there were things that I kept hidden and things that I wouldn't discuss with people. And, and as I started to move into what it would be like to always tell the truth every time and show up exactly how I felt and was feeling at every time that my life was different. And then I felt like physically different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it was really about shifting into just being like we used to say, tell the microscopic truth. And when you take the word microscopic, microscopic, it basically means this is what's real and there's no sugarcoating. Yeah. Ah, that is an interesting way to look at it. Yeah. yeah. And it really yeah. frees you up to just be who you are. And then people are either going to accept you or you or or they're not. And yeah, so it's just kind of. Yeah. It, it just allows you to live authentically because you're owning up to what's true for you. And hopefully there's people who can work through it with you and some people can't. And then you find that out too. Yeah. I, and I've, I've had that experience a couple times in my life where, um, I'll, you know, you, you thought you had a, uh, 
you know, a business relationship or a friendship or, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever the relationship was. And then when, um, when, you know, the other person saw some sides of you that maybe, um, they either just were not aware of, or just decided that they didn't like anymore, or for whatever reason, you stopped showing up the way that they thought you should. And man, I was dropped like a hot freaking rock. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, and it was a surprise, um, you know, and when I was younger, um, naturally that was, um, hard to understand, confusing and somewhat hurtful as an adult, you know, now I'm like, okay, well now I know what you're all about and that's all, it's all good. Save me a lot of time. Thank you very much. (laughs) Yeah. So that's why if you live that authenticness, then it just makes life easier to bear. Like it's just, it's easier because it's clean and I'm not, and yeah. I can't live my life any other way now, even when sometimes I'd rather like, you know, I, I mean, I believe disclosure is a choice and there's a time and place for every conversation in your life. But I right. think that at the end of the day, if someone asks me a question, I am no longer interested in hiding my truth. Mm. Yeah. And it, d- did you find that, um, getting to that point, was it for you kind of like flipping a switch or was it definitely um, an incremental process? It was honestly the universe exposing me. Mm, That's that's really what it was. I mean, there's a lot to that. I guess that's a pretty deep statement. But the truth is that there were things that came to surface that I could no longer publicly deny and as a result of that, it's just sort of forced me to just say, okay, well, here I am. Then here I am. This is what you get. This is what I live with. This is what I've done. And so it really just for me was probably the most, the best and worst moments of my life. But, but now that I've been through it, because there's always that process of you, it happens, something happens, you go through it. You come out on the other end and you're like, who am I now? And if you're happier and you're stronger and you're more resilient, then you are a step up from where you were before it happened. So I always look at it from the positive side after that. Hmm. Yeah, I, I know what you mean exactly. This sounds like kind of a perfect time for me to ask you my uh, a question. So, you know, we like to... Uh, we like to call this our going rogue segment. So my, my Mm. question for you, and I feel like, yeah, this is a perfect time is, you know, would you share, um, a time where you went rogue, you know, where you did something that was either really unexpected or out of line or just by your own standards, you know, you really took a hard left and that decision (laughs) and that action changed the course of your life. Yeah, I have a couple of those moments in my life. And really, for me, um, because I was sort of on the same line of we're humans that hide things, we're also humans who hide things also endure. So you stay in situations a lot longer than you should. And that was one of my weaknesses. I felt things so deeply on both levels, you know, for so long that I, I could never really logically make sense of what was my next move. So I would just endure. That was a really big eye-opening thing. But going rogue for me, um, you know, in the book, it was basically just standing up for myself uh, and saying, I can't do this anymore. But that also gave me the strength and courage to do that another time in my life after that, 
where I was like, this has to stop. And it's a, was a, like a one day decision mm. on both of those things. One day decision. And those one day decisions both times completely changed the course of my life to an unrecognizable state. Oh, that's interesting. Okay. So of course the book you're referring to your book, six months to live, right? Making each mm-hmm. day matter. Yeah. Yeah. And that was yeah. basically standing up for myself in a toxic work environment and um, sticking up for people who, you know, in, in corporate world who were being, you know, like just basically like this, the movements that are happening in right now and being able to finally, after a long time, stand up. And then when I finally did and I got fired for basically standing up for myself and the people in my office, um, it just completely changed the course of my life to the point where I took two years of off and I wrote a book and I lived and I went back to school and I got some skills and I really just created the career that I wanted to have. And was out, so it was basically lemonade because, you know, I'd been there 15 years. When you get fired from a job, you're like, wait, what? <laughs> mm-hmm. It was completely out of left field. I really thought that, you know, the people that I had worked with and trusted had my back and, and they had their backs, which I totally understand now. Like, I get it. Like, we have to be selfish in that way and protect our own lives and our own families and when it comes to career. And we don't always get a Jerry Maguire moment, you know. <laughs> <laughs> right. I had one or two Jerry Maguire's in there, which, you know, I refer to them in the book too. It's like, you really notice that there's some people who are like, yeah, I just probably integrity is not going to let me stand for that anymore. And so there are those people in the world, but at the end of the day, like I really trust that people need to, Oh, I really believe that people need to take care of themselves first before anything. And so it Mm -hmm. took me a while to get over the betrayals to be able to see more clearly in that level. Mm -hmm. And that was, so that was so really you know, going rogue for me, I'm a pretty, you know, I'm a Sagittarius. I'm a pretty spontaneous person. And when I make a decision, it's usually a spontaneous decision and it either will have a great effect in the end or, or a horrible effect. You know, like there's been moments where I was like, yeah, I wish I hadn't done that. <laughs> yeah. yeah it's, it's, it's going to have an impact one way or the other. Yeah. Uh, just should have thought that one <laughs> Not always the intended impact. <laughs> gotcha, right. gotcha. Right. So, so you get to a point where you, um, like, for some people, making a, a big, really big move like that, you know, going rogue or making a huge change is is a step by step, and they kind of work their way, baby steps to it. But for you, like, what I heard was you, you kind of couched as a as I endured for a long time, and then I got to the point where I just flipped the switch and you know, and, 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 and had a lot of repercussions for flipping those switches. But what, while you say that, I also will add that I was working with a life coach, um, for a lot of time during that time, Nancy Levin, and she has a book called jump and your life will appear. And it's mm. basically a 10 step process for how to make change. So I had a lot of support during the times that I was making these changes. Like I might've jumped first, and then came back and said, okay, now i got to move the steps to jump through my life. And uh-huh. so that really, those, that book was probably one of the most catalyst uh, pieces of information to help me after I jumped. Oh, nice. I, yeah. yeah, I good, haven't good, read her book, but I have heard it. Good for your listeners. That's a really great book if you're looking to make a change. 
it's really simple, and she really just breaks it down to a point where once you answer the questions she has, you ask yourself, look, I'm not plugging her book before my own, but <laughs> it's really you can't unring the bell. That's the same with my book, too. That If you ask my book questions, you can't unring the bell once you answer right. those questions. And that's what it's about. It's about asking yourself, how should I be living? And once you get clear with what's that authentic voice for you, you can't not do it anymore. And that's yeah. part of my going rogue. Like once I knew the answer was there and I said, nope, my body won't let me do this anymore or my integrity won't let me do this anymore or my personal self-respect won't let me do this anymore, mm-hmm. then I had to make a change because I couldn't physiologically stay in my body and, and live that way another day. Yeah. So so the uh, like the what what's the phrase I'm looking for? Like the, the emotional turmoil maybe that was mm-hmm. going on was starting to have an effect on you physically. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm. Especially this last year, I had a situation where I also went rogue leaving a relationship and literally lost my hair, you know, like I just couldn't eat. And I was like, Oh my God. Like I, I just let myself get away from myself. And so mm-hmm. it was a real process that I had to bring myself back to myself and really just starting a lot of self-care was how you do that. You have to mm-hmm. really go to radical self-care and put yourself first in every situation. Yeah. Do you find, cause I know you, you work, um, you, you work with Pete, with clients, with people too, mm-hmm. um, as, as I do, you know, coaching and, and counseling and guiding. Um, and I find, and I'm sure based on what you just said, not only with your own experience, but probably with clients too, that, um, that a lot of times, um, people are trying so hard to work on the physical issues that are going on with them. And they, and they haven't figured out or connected the emotional conflicts that they aren't dealing with and how, you know, they haven't gotten to the source of it. So they're having problems trying to right whatever, you know, physical wrongs ail them. And we got to approach it from the other way a lot of times. Do you find that as well? Absolutely. I think that you have, there. you know, you have to have the emotional piece going. That's right. Actually the most important. And really for me, it was being in nature and being around animals and being around kids and being around people that weren't part of a daily routine. And once I was able to sort of regroup and, and just really and be on the beach and just really take that, you know, four or five weeks of, of downtime this summer really is what helped me go, okay, now you get to start rebuilding a whole new person and a whole new life, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, on that note, rebuilding a new person, a new life, when you titled your book, six months to live, that wasn't really because of the fact that you discovered you only had six months to live, right? It was not. <laughs> okay, <laughs> it is so... a very misleading title. And, you know, it's a very funny story because my brother, who's a writer, he called me up after I had the title and I had registered it with the, you know, IBS. And mm-hmm. he said, uh, you can't name it that because it's morbid. And I said, well, the truth is I really wanted it to be an impactful enough title that people thought if I only had six months to live, would I live this way? And when you realize that you wouldn't do a lot of the things that you were doing, if you only could really just go, okay, on, you know, June 6th, we're done. Um, it's hard to not live that way because you have to grab those moments of joy. You have to spend that time with those family people that you love so much. You have to, 
be able to say, no, I'm going to go ahead and leave an hour early so that I can take some self-care or go to the gym or make myself happy for this hour in the day. And so that was really the basis is that I realized that I had not been living that way at all. And if I had six months to live, I would definitely have been living different. And so that really yeah. is what, what the catalyst for the title was. Well, I think it's brilliant. I love it. I think that is, <laughs> yeah, I Thank think you. it's brilliant. And I think it's a question that um, e- even if, uh, if you've never asked yourself that question or uh, even if you have, it's a question you should probably ask yourself frequently to remind yourself that, because, you know, because it's so easy to get um, caught up in, you know, the current of, of things that really aren't as important in the big scheme of things, you know, as, as as other things should be. Yeah. So by, by kind of checking yourself and, you know, maybe it's once every six months, uh, or maybe for some people it's sooner or whatever, but I think that that's a really good thing to just ask yourself, especially when you feel like, you know, you're getting that feeling like you've been a little bit on a hamster wheel or something. You got to stop and go, wait a second here. Let me. And and the the nice thing about the book uh, that I wrote is that it's broken down into 24 weeks with different things that were just personal to me that I would work on if I only had six months, like what I would want to let go of, what I would want to forgive, what I would want to, you know, find in, in my purpose in. And so anybody can just kind of grab a week and go, I need to work on gratitude or I'm making too many changes. What has she got to say about change? And so there's different ways that you can work it without having to just sit down and read the book, which is what I love about it. Cause it's just like, Mm-hmm. I, I can honestly tell you and your listeners, there are many times I pick up this book and go, Kathy, answer that question again right now in your life. And it will be the different answer than I might have given the year before or the year before or the year before. Because this book actually came out in 2016, but I wrote it in 2014 and 15. So, so much of life has changed since that time that the questions I answer now are completely different answers than when I had them, when I right. first wrote the book. Which is how yeah. we evolve as people. So it's great, you know. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what I'm going to say. You know, we're hopefully we're, you know, the idea, right, yeah. is that we're growing and yeah. evolving. So hopefully you're going to have some different answers, you know, as that happens than you did, you know, months or years prior. And if your answers exactly. aren't changing over the course of years, yeah. then you, then you kind of really might want to. And oh my God, that is the best point you can make because I was. I was having the same answer. And I've gone back through some of my journals in the last two or three years where I would write down the same things. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, I was so stagnant and I was not changing. And and now that it's not in my existence, I'm like, I can't even believe that I endure. You know, that goes back to the Mm -hmm. enduring thing. Like, we put up with so much in our life. And why? Because I wasn't even listening to my own lectures. And I knew this stuff, you know. Yeah, isn't that interesting? Why, why do we get into these um, phases or seasons of our life, or some people their whole life, where you just tolerate and endure, and you you're willing to settle for way less than what you should be experiencing? You know, a lot of it. I think. I mean, I think there's a lot of ways you can go with that. For me, you know, I had great love in my heart for a person, so at that time and those matters of the heart are always really hard 
Mm-hmm. Um, the job was really hard because I'd been there for 15 years and I had such close relationships with people and friendships and, um, felt like I was letting them down to not be there, you know, cause I was their support system and their support person. So I think that a lot of times you have to, but that was what led me to radical self-love, like mm-hmm. radical self-care. And because I realized that I was putting other people's feelings and other people's wishes before my own. And as a mom, we always do that with our kids. So you have a lot of that in your body already. And then you add a job and you add a partner to that. Mm -hmm. And there's really nothing left for you. And you don't end up knowing who you really are at the end of the day. And so that's kind of what just happened for me. And I'm like, wow, okay. Kathy care. And it's like, you know, yeah, it, it seems like um, they're, they're wonderful, amazing qualities that we have. And in, in, a, lot of, in a lot of us, they're just their inherent qualities. And like you said, and a lot of times, especially with, um, with mothers, um, not exclusively, but generally. Um, but things like matters of the heart, you know, love, like you said, you know, love for another person and loyalty. Oh, and then the families, too. Like, you know, you're walking, mm-hmm. you walk away from a relationship, you're walking away from a whole family. Yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. so there was more at stake. There was a lot uh, of things that were like, you know, if you go back to the six months to live theory, it's like if you were dying, who would you want to talk to? Who would you want to make amends to? And then you think I'm willing to walk away from these people. It's very, it was a very, you know, I don't care who you are. It's a hard thing to wrap your head around. So yeah, I think yeah. for me, it was like once I made that decision and knew that that was the consequence it did make it a little easier to move through and just understand that some people aren't meant to be with us forever, you know, and you just have to sort of cherish what you had with them. And it's almost like a death without them being gone. It's very interesting. Mm, Nothing I've ever gone through before like that. It was interesting. And work was kind of like that too. Some people you just never spoke to again, you know? Mm, Right. Right. It was, uh, it, there's a time and a season for, you know, yeah. for people and, and places and things. And, and I, but I think those, those qualities are so great to have, but it's like you said, when, when they're always being directed toward others and none of it's being directed for yourself, you know, loving yourself and loyalty to your own well being and emotional yeah. health, we point, we, we spend all of those great resources. It's easy to spend them all on other people and then um, put yourself on the back burner to the point where, you know, you get to a place where you did, where you just had to make, you know, a really huge change. You had an epiphany. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And some of these rogue moments, you know, I don't know that if it hadn't happened, how it happened, it would have been <laughs> able to be as successful. And because, you know, untwining is very difficult. So it, it sometimes you just need to go rogue. I love that theory. I like kind of love that, that concept mm-hmm. because, you know, sometimes you just have to pull the plug. Mm-hmm. On the, on you know, on, take it out. This, this is going down to storage now. We're done. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I think, you know, your intuition will tell you, even if you're talking yourself out of things. That's what I was going to ask you next. You know, when you were going through this where you said, you know, I was enduring a lot for a long time and then I, you know, reached a point. And so I'm wondering, like, when you were leading up to these big changes and you're going rogue m- moments, um, was your intuition kind of, you know, knocking at your consciousness even, and, and then your mind telling you, you know, no, you know, trying to navigate through it and stay with the program out of, out of love and out of loyalty and out of all of those things that you talk, 
talked about before. But I'm just wondering, you know, how much of a role did your gut or your intuition play in your process, if any? Wow, that is such a great question. And, you know, as you were talking, my stomach was completely topsy-turvy because the truth was that my intuition had told me for several years. Yeah. And at least in both situations. So maybe a year or two at work and at least the last several years of, of this last uh, ending in my life. And I think that I was fully aware that it was not serving me and fully aware that I was being more selfless than I was selfish. Mm-hmm. And also just sort of, Wow, it's like the enduring part. Okay, but there, you know, there's always a balance of life, and so you mm-hmm. kind of take the good with the bad, and you kind of go, okay, well, I can weigh this here. And so I did a lot of weighing, but at the end of the day, you can't hide from from what's true. So I think my intellect, even though I was trying to fight what was true, it never escaped me. Right. No, not one time. Like, like, not, like, and and like I said, going back and reading my journals was probably the most telling part of the whole thing for me because I never usually go back and read journals. And then a couple weeks ago, I did, and I was like, "Wow, like that." And then also, people in your life will remind you that your intellect was right. Like I have people going, "Well, you know, you told me this two years ago, or you know that the last time we talked about, you know," and you're like, mm-hmm. "Oh." Like they remember that you complained or that you told them you weren't happy or, you know, what had just happened or, and so I think for me, a lot of that, um, surfaced after, you know, like, and I was like, wow, like a little humbling, actually (laughs) quite humbling. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause I find, um, you know, I've had times too, where my, my intuition and my gut was telling me things about, you know, certain situations or certain people. And I, I, I tried to, I overrode it, you know, with my reasoning and, um, I'm, I'm always one for, you know, benefit of the doubt, give them the benefit of the doubt sure. all that, you know, that's just, um, you know, and very accepting of just a person's, if that's your character, sure. you know, not, not yeah. judging and all that good stuff, but there, but then there comes a time where, um, then, then something happens and you go, ah, all those red flags, all that, yeah. you know, all that voice n- knocking on my consciousness that I went, oh, you know, don't, I, 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 I didn't heed the call. And then, you know, and then there was a change and I went, oh, okay. And, yeah. and I don't regret the timing of things. Cause you know, otherwise what you don't want to do oh, too is regret anything. No, you right. Not. Right. I mean, that's the biggest part for me that. I kept saying, I regret all the last time. I regret all the last time. And, I, and I'm like, but I'm here. So yeah. it's okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wiser. Wouldn't, yeah. Wiser. <laughs> listen, I, I listen to my intuition. I've really learned to listen to that voice now much um, and, and heed what it's telling me much sooner and quicker than in my, in my former years. Ditto. <laughs> yeah. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, but I, you know, I never want to be though. So, um, 
you know, I don't want to be cynical and I don't want to be somebody that doesn't give people the benefit of the doubt. I, I you know what I mean? It, it, so even if you know, I that's feel, a really good point. Yeah. Like what I was just experiencing was that, you know, and then you, ha- yeah, cause you have to learn how to trust people again. Right. Like if you've right. been, you've had these rogue moments where you're like, Holy cow, my whole, I just got blindsided. And mm-hmm. so, so you have to do that. But what I discovered is that it wasn't even about trusting another person as much as it was trusting myself yes. and now being able to distinguish what and who earns a spot in my life. And mm-hmm. that was the biggest piece for me in the last month. I was like, yeah, you know, do you deserve to be here? Are you making an effort? Are you that person? You know, are you, are you making me feel bad? Are you, you know, and so I was like, Ah, that's it. That's mm-hmm. it right there. Yeah. I you and I think you nailed it in in when you said, Do you make me feel? It's it's the feelings will tell you. Yeah. Right? Yeah. The way you feel is the barometer. That's how you know. Even Absolutely. if you Yeah, if you can't like logic it out or reason it out or you know, or 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 it's not like glaringly obvious, but there's a feeling there, the feeling right yeah. there, that's that's how you measure where where that person should have weight uh, in totally your life. I agree with that. Like you're again, it's your gut talking to you and telling mm-hmm. you that right. You know this is right and this is or this is wrong, and and it's really just for me now about you know just earning that right and and really being recognizing who I can be myself with and who's going to love me either way and be willing to sort of you know understand me and you know, you know, vice versa. So it's kind of yeah. exciting new chapter of my life I'm moving into. I'm, I'm looking forward to the next six months. <laughs> yeah, I try to that's keep it with six awesome. month increments, you know? Yeah. So do you, um, yeah, six month increments. I think that's good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's, uh, it's, it's right in alignment with, you know, with your whole, um, yeah, and just seasons, whole thing. you know, change and people change in seasons and a lot of things yeah. like, in June, there'll be a completely different vibe than there is in December, and it's just interesting. It's right. kind of like the personalities of the day. There's personalities yeah. of months for me. <laughs> yeah, it's true. I think there there really is. And, you know, like we were talking about earlier, not, not everybody is meant um, – to, you know, not everybody's a lifetime assignment. Not everybody's meant yeah. to be in your life for your entire life. There, there are, there are people and experiences that come along with those people that are only that, that have a very specific purpose is what I feel like, you know, yeah. and, mm-hmm. and sometimes they're very brief and sometimes, you know, they're, they're a lifetime and sometimes, you know, they're somewhere in, in the middle, in between. In between, right. Mm-hmm. And I think just being able to roll with that um, is very freeing. What, what, I guess, and not what, but were there, was there ever a time in some of these big, you know, rogue moments where you felt like, Oh, maybe I, maybe I made the wrong decision, you know, where you like second, (laughs) second guess yourself and you're like, "Ah, I got to turn back. This isn't safe. You know, that kind of vibe. Absolutely. I mean, there's no question. And that is really what the catalyst for writing the chapter on. I have a chapter in the book called The R Word, Regret, Resentment, Ah. Rage, Revenge. Like, because (laughs) there were, I just sat there and thought, especially after, you know, not so much in in the recent past, but in in the long term past when I was leaving, when I left the job and decided to like really just speak up for the truth. Um, 
I really started to, after I was like unemployed and everybody went to school and work and I was sitting there going, holy cow, what am I going to do? Uh, mm-hmm. I really regretted it. And it was so much easier. It would have been so much easier to stay going to work from, you know, eight to five every day and collecting that paycheck and enjoying, you know, somebody telling you you were incompetent. And so there were those moments where I regretted it. But now as I look back, I couldn't even think that I would have spent one moment longer than I did. Mm-hmm. And when I listed all the regrets I had in my life during that particular exercise in the book, um, there are times even right now where I think about, oh, I had that regret already. I don't need to go back and relive this. Like, mm. So it was really an interesting exercise of letting go of your regrets. And you can't regret anything because at one point you, it, you were where you wanted to be and you were doing what you wanted to do. So if you, you can't have that regret. You just can't. It's yeah. the biggest like, misnomer, in the, uh, I think. <laughs> Yeah. And what is it, you know, and it takes a lot, um, to me, anything that takes a lot of my resources, like my inner, my energy, you know, that kind of internal resource, you know, your thought, your focus, your energy, um, anything that takes that, that you can't do anything about is just a freaking waste of time. Yeah, absolutely. That's exactly why I wrote the chapter. Okay. <laughs> it's a waste okay. of time. Like, get them out of your system, write down your deepest regrets, and burn them. Like, we're done. And because you, you can't go back and change yesterday, the only thing you can do is be aware of where the next choice will bring you. And that was really, to me, of all the lessons I've gotten this in the last two years, it's all about choices. We have a choice. Once you make a choice, it could change the course of your life. So you really have to be selective and you really have to be conscious and you really have to be clear. Yeah. And that's always hard in the heat of the moment when you're going rogue. So I've (laughs) learned um, that pressing the pause button when I'm trying to make a decision is probably one of the better things that I can do than just going rogue anymore. Unless it's, Mm. you know, heat of the moment and then it it is what it is. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But, but it was something you felt like you, you needed it at that time in your life, but now you, now you're in a different place emotionally, mentally, you know, all the way around. So now you, you don't feel like that's something that's up for you now, but you can just take a pause and, and yeah. sit with it. Okay. That yeah. makes sense. That makes sense. I think, and sometimes, you know, that's the way it is, you know, when you're, when you are kind of uh, evolving into the next version of yourself, sometimes it takes something more extreme to shake you out of for the, sure the the place you've been in, you know, because I mean, we're creatures of habit and that includes the way we think. And so sometimes you just got to really shake it up and shift as we like to say, you really got to shift in order to, um, to get into a, the next gear and, and move into that next phase. And it is something maybe more extreme than it would be at another time of your life. Yeah, absolutely. So, if there is one, what would you say was maybe like the biggest lie or like bullshit rule that you had to overcome in order to get to the point where you felt empowered enough to live life uh, on your own terms or authentically, shall we say? Wow. Hmm. Boy, that's like, I'm just like the little emoji saying, hmm. <laughs> <Interesting> <laughs> right? Question. Uh, let's see. The biggest lie I told myself. Mm. 
Or, or it, maybe it's not. I would say. Maybe. Well, I would just say the biggest lie I've told myself is that things will change, or people would mm-hmm. change, or people were capable of changing because osmosisly I could, I could rub off on them, and that is probably the part of my life that was able to help me endure. Because I always, I'm like that little. My son says my biggest downfall is that I love too much, and my biggest asset is that I love too much. So I've always been like, look at the bright side, you know, the dandelion flower, everything's beautiful. But I always kind of would, you know, push away that. So the biggest lies I've told myself is that I have control over other people, how other people are going to act, what choices people are going to make. And really, it's probably the most freeing thing in the planet when you just let go of that and say, Nope, they're going to be them. They have their own thoughts, their own preferences, their own perceptions, their own reality, their own dreams, their own aspirations. And I really don't have a part in that unless they choose to have me be a part of that. And when I was able to get to that place in my life, like, it's, I'm not kidding. It just makes my relationships so much easier with people. Mm, that's brilliant. And you know why I like that? Because when I was, when I was formulating this question, I was thinking of it in the context of, you know, what's the, what's the bullshit rule or the lie, um, you had overcome maybe that somebody else had planted in your mind, but, but you came at it from the other way, which was that you told yourself, which I think is actually even more, um, powerful. Uh, Mm Because that's usually, yeah, yeah, that's usually where so much of that comes from is just the the false beliefs and the lies that we've told ourselves. You know, my grandmother had the best wisdom, and so I would probably laugh off of all of her little antidotes, but some of the stuff she said, like, everything comes out in the wash, you know, and little things that she would say throughout my life have always hung true. So I don't feel like I've ever had anybody else sort of feed me something that I believed, except Uh for maybe that they had my back when they didn't, you know, like that would probably be loyalty in my life were probably the hardest lessons, you know, believing Mm -hmm. that people loved as much as I did or were as loyal as I was. Yeah, because I think it's easy when we when we possess certain values, um, you know, which I would call loyalty, definitely a a value. Um, It's easy to assume that other people have that same value. And boy, they don't, you know, the values of of integrity and loyalty and just certain things that, you know, if they're your values, you kind of take it for granted um, and you assume that other people have them as well, especially if you, if you are compatible in other ways, you just assume that you're compatible in all of those, what your values are aligned to. And boy, when you find out that that's not the case, it's an eye opener. It is, but you have to, then you learn how to surround yourself with those people and make your tribe are those people that are that way. Like I have been able to really narrow down the field of people in my life that I know will be there if I need them. And, and they know I would be there for them. And so that was like the most beautiful thing that came out of the last year of my life. I was like, wow, okay. Like, I guess my circle isn't as big and how wonderful to know who is important in my life and who thinks I'm important. It was really like the greatest gift to me. Yeah. Yeah. It, it really is about, um, quality over quantity. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I'm blessed. I have some of the greatest people in my life. Yeah. It feels good. Um, It feels good to be able to, you know, 
I feel like you probably do the same thing. I mean, you know, waking up in the morning and going to bed at night, it's like the first thoughts in my head are always, especially at night, I run through my, you know, my mental gratitude list and it's always Mm -hmm. the the, the, the friends and the family and the loved ones, those quality people in my life that I am so flipping grateful for. And I'm like, Oh, how did I, how, what did I do in a past life to get this lucky to have these people as, you know, part of my tribe and part of my family. It's, uh, I, it never escapes me every day. I'm so thankful for it. It's so, and if, you know, a lot of people don't, yeah, a lot of people don't have that with family, but it doesn't mean that you can't go out and, you know, create your own tribe or family with right. like-minded, yeah, people with the same values and same. I'm blessed with both. I have a great tribe and a great family. I'm really blessed with, yeah. with a lot of really good people in my life and it's, who really genuinely care for me. Like, you, you know, like you know it and it's mm-hmm. just so beautiful. And that's what we need, and that's who, you know, like I was thinking about George, uh, the, the president who just died, yeah. and they said he started his day with three eggs, and he ended his day with I love you. And when I was thinking about that for so long, because when I was researching the book, like really, you know, the regrets that people have after they die, or like, you know, like what, what are the things that are important when you get to the end, and and what, like on 9-11, what happened, and when people talked about like their experience after 9-11 happened, where they were they survived and the people that, you know, they knew didn't. And the yeah. bottom line was I just wanted them to know I love them. I just wanted to be able to say I love you one more time. I just wanted to pick up the phone. You know, you think about those people on the airplane calling home. Like yeah. it all has always boiled down to that's at the end of the day what people who care about you care about. And mm-hmm. so if that's true, then let's just live that way every day. Like, I don't leave one person in my life that I love without love you, ever. Yeah, I agree. I'm the same way. I, I totally, totally vibe with that. It's, uh, yeah. it is the, it, it's the one common thing, and it's across cultures. It's not just, you know, certain people. I think it's, it's cross-cultural um, that it boy, always boils down to that, the yeah. Like I at love the it. end of the day, I just want you to know this. I just want you know you want people and, to, and know that's that. why we when we leave our loved ones or we you know especially with the holidays coming now and you have like this opportunity you know because a lot of people you, you know you hear people saying oh the holidays I'm going to have to go stay with my family and I can barely get through it and mm-hmm. if you were just to say this is a six hour window of life to be with the people I love who are going to be there with me if I only have six months to live those are the people that are going to be like let's do this you know like it really boils down and so when we have these opportunities to just be like with them and be loving and say I love you and share really fun times and be in the moment like those are the most precious moments of our life like right there Mm. over anything over work over anything those are the most precious moments in our life. And those are what we're here for. Connection, love connection. Yeah. Well said. Well said. I think that is, I think that's, that's a perfect uh, segue into what I'm going to ask you next. (laughs) So, all right. So we usually do a, a little dear shift doctors segment, um, on our, on our podcast. So where, where um, somebody writes in or, or sends us a message or a post, you know, with a question, um, and then we try to give them some some guidelines or some uh, our take on on what might help them. Um, so, uh, would you like to uh, weigh in on our dear shift doctors question today? 
I would love that. I've never done it, and I've always wished I had my own Dear Abby column. So I'm like secretly living <laughs> precariously through your podcast. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> awesome. All right. So here's what we did. I, <laughs> yeah, there you go. So what I did today was rather than taking one specific question, I did kind of a compilation that was a bunch of different versions of essentially the same question because we get a lot of the the same issues. Um, and you probably even find this just with, with working with your clients. I know I do that a lot of people have the same basic question. So it's kind of compiled into one, which is how do I balance the things that I have to do with the things that I'd really rather be doing? That's the question. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I have a simple answer, and that's make a list. Like, I'm a big <laughs> list person, and, you know, like writing down and scheduling yourself time and, and so, you know, saying, okay, from 11 to 12, I'm going to the gym. That's me time. And then being able to, like, distinguish what is your me time going to look like? What do you need for yourself that day? Mm-hmm. Um, that's tip one. Tip mm-hmm. two is uh, a life coach practice that my life coach gave me, and that was to wake up and before you even climb out of bed, you basically just say to yourself, what is the most self-nourishing thing I can do for myself today? And mm-hmm. when you answer that question for yourself, um, then you kind of are putting yourself as the priority in the day to set the tone for your day. But mm-hmm. the third thing, and this is the, probably the most important thing for me, is self-love. And if you are living your life with self-love for yourself, you are going to absolutely balance those things that you want to do. And if you're out of alignment with that self-love, then you're going to say, I'm not going to the gym. I'm not, you know, going to go get my nails done today, or I'm not going to read that book instead of, you know, um, giving somebody a ride. Like there's ways that you find to make yourself a priority. And that comes from really just nurturing that relationship with yourself. Mm, I love that. Yes, definitely. And like you, I am a chronic list maker. I am addicted, probably yeah. unhealthy. I'm a <laughs> to the level. No, but of it, hel- it helps great. because then you like I know people who color code and like the times that yellows are my time. Puts their phone on do not disturb. Goes for a walk. Listens to the you know a podcast. Like really just carves that time in their day for themselves. And then, yeah. or you, you could do it on a weekly basis too and say, well, maybe I got to work hard Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, but Thursdays, four hours are mine. So you can find yeah. a way in a week to do it as well. Yeah. Yeah. So I do, um, what I do with my list is I, I divide it into, um, a couple of different categories. So I have the, okay, what, what is the absolute, what do I absolutely have to do today? That is, um, you know, undeniable, this must be done. And then what do I what do I want to do today? So I have the must do and the want to do. Mm-hmm, and then, mm-hmm. and then I have a, what could wait? What's not that important that it can't wait until tomorrow. And I have that part. So, love it. yeah. So that way, if the things in the want to do category, if I'm running out of time or, you know, the balance is just off a little bit, I'm like, okay, I want to do this, but I could easily do that tomorrow when I have time. So I I give myself the freedom to move things around so that I can feel good at every hour of my day doing what I'm doing. And then the other thing is I always remind myself that the 
things that we determine we have to do are still the cho- are still choices. So mm-hmm. it's kind of like, well, well, I have to go to work because I have to pay my bills. There's a there's a good one. I you know I have to go to work. I have to pay my bills. I have to put food on the table. Well, actually, you're choosing to go to work, and you're choosing to pay your bills. You could not pay your bills, but how would that feel? Wouldn't that feel worse than feeling than going to work and being able to pay your bills? So right. you're you're choosing to go to work. You're choosing to be responsible. You've chosen this job. You know what I mean? So I I always just remind myself that everything is a choice. And if you really don't like those choices, then maybe it's time to put on your list, make some new choices about, you know, (laughs) said job or said have tos and see if you can't, um, you know, shift a little, make a few adjustments so that the things that you have to do are things that you look forward to doing instead of dread and resist. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So I love that. Yeah. So hopefully, <laughs> yeah. So hopefully, our uh, our listeners will um, will get some good tips out of that. But I, I find that Absolutely. those those things, just that shift in attitude, and then just organizing yourself, yeah, so that the things that you want to do that make you feel good, that are for you, so that they don't get um, constantly swept aside. Because that is, I agree, this taking care of yourself and feeling good about um, you know your own emotional fitness is really important and it's key to everything else. I just turn on music and let myself be. And that's also time that I give myself. I just like sit there and just go, you know what? I'm just going to let the music take me and, and just have these moments. And I give myself those little moments during the day, just even for five minutes, I'll just put on a song and stop working and listen to a song and then I'll go. Okay. And those, those little moments are magic for me. Yes. Yeah. I do the same thing. I'll put on, um, even if it's just, you know, if you're getting busy and it's just a couple of minutes, like you said, with music or I'll put on, or I'll even just be quiet. I just need just quiet and I'll just sit and I'll have my own little like mini meditation or my mini chat with, you know, with source or, you know, whatever Mm -hmm. works just to, and, and take a couple breaths and just be, and just remind myself, this is, you know, this is all my lump of clay. I I can, you know, mold this however however I want. want. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, oh my gosh, this has been so awesome. I can't believe that we're already um, closing in on the hour. I could, I mean, there's just so much more we could talk about, but I, uh, I will let you um, get on with your day. But before we do that, um, why don't you please tell our listeners, um, you know, where they can find you and, you know, what things you have out in the world, like your book, you know, that you want to share, where can, where can everybody find you and your stuff? Okay. So you can, my book, uh, Six Months to Live, Making Each Day Matter is on Amazon, Barnes and Noble. Uh, The Kindle right now is on sale for 382. So it's a really good deal. Mm. I'm on Facebook. Um, just my personal page, and then I also have an author page, Six Months to Live, Kathy Anello, Six Months to Live, Making Each Day Matter, and that's basically where I just post nice little things to, you know, energize your day. And then I have a website, which you can sign up for a free chapter of the book and get on my newsletter, which I send out blogs like once a month. I'm very slow at that. <laughs> and then um, Instagram, Kathy Anello, Twitter, Kathy Anello. And I'm very all right. active on all, all those. Perfect. Message me anytime. Yeah. And so, yeah, you can message me anytime, anyway, any of those ways. 
All right. Wonderful. Excellent. Well, Kathy, I so appreciate you taking the time to, uh, to chat with me today. And that was, was a great just- conversation. I loved it. Thank you. Good. I did too. And I think, uh, I think our listeners are really going to walk away with a lot of great, um, great information to help them in their own lives, which is, you know, one of the things we always want to make sure we do. So you uh, checked all those boxes and then some, it's been really fun. Thank you so much. I hope you have a beautiful holiday season and let's. Oh, uh, you too. Merry, Merry Christmas and happy everything. (laughs) Thank you, Kathy. Take care. Okay. Bye. All righty. Bye-bye. If you enjoy We're Talking Shift, please go ahead and uh, go over to iTunes, please. Leave us some comments, subscribe, and give us a rating if you would. We'd love to see what you have to say. You can also listen by going to patreon.com forward slash talking shift, where you can also find out more about our Give a Buck movement and join in the movement. We would love to have you. And, of course, look for us on all of our social media. We're all over Twitter and Instagram, Facebook. Uh, We're Talking Shift Podcast. And now um, go ahead and bend the day to your will. Go out and make some shift happen. And you too, Gary V. The preceding podcast was a TJ DeSantis production. Comments, questions, and inquiries can be directed to desantisprod at gmail.com.